Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank and glad to be here with you tonight. I want to jump in um, to what I need to share with you because it is so important. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you would bless this broadcast to um, bring your people to that place that you desire them to be in this hour. Lord, I know that your remnant, um, Lord, they come from all over. Lord, they don't belong to any particular denomination, but they are the broken body of Messiah in this hour. They're hated. They're persecuted. But you will come and redeem. And Lord, we know that if we trust in you now, you have already redeemed us, knowing the gift and the assurance of salvation in Yeshua. His name I pray. Amen. Folks, I feel like tonight is one of the most dangerous broadcasts in the world. Um, not because I've done anything wrong, but because according to your commander in chief, you are now an enemy of the United States of America. Not because you've killed people or not because you've harmed or burnt cities or set stuff on fire. Um, not because you've rioted or anything like that. Simply because you believe in a conservative principle, I'm not even talking about supporting the former president, um, whether you do or not, I'm not even going there. I'm talking about according to the leadership of the United States of America, if you hold conservative values and believe in biblical principles, you are a danger to the society. And I, I fear that this was told... And yet the pastors still won't warn their congregations. The other part that I fear is the shock and the fear that comes over people because they can't believe that things like this would ever happen when the Bible said clearly that we will be hated of all nations for Jesus, Yeshua's name's sake. So in order to come to the very end of time, in order to get to the last days, in order to finally arrive at that place that you've heard about from your parents, your grandparents throughout history, that many times throughout they thought they, thought they were at, there needed to become a universal hating for the believers in Yeshua. Now, this has happened throughout certain times in the world's history. And there have been times where Christians were gravely persecuted. And a lot of times those were by people who called themselves believers also, such as the Dark Ages. And we know what happened there in the Roman Catholic Church and everything like that. And I'm sorry if you're offended by that, but that's history. All because people wanted to read the Bible themselves. But someone in the church back then, in the, in the, the Catholic churches back in the old days, thought that only the priests could interpret the word. Only the vicar of Christ had the authority to make changes to God's word. When, when the Bible says that there's a curse on anybody who tries to change his word, yet they changed the very commandments of God. Did you know that the Ten Commandments in the Catholic Bible is not the same as the Ten Commandments in the regular Bible, the Protestant Bible, which is derived from the Masoretic texts or even the Septuagint of the, the Greek from the old ancient Hebrew text. It, it, their commandments are different. 
And um, I'm I'm not here trying to attack Catholics tonight. That's not my. They're uh, they're good believing uh, people all over the place. But the truth is, the word of God will stand through this last hour, and man will be damned no matter what they try to bring any false doctrine. Their word is with no value when it is contrary to the word of God. I don't care the title you take, the platform you preach from, or how much money is in your church's bank. The word of God is truth. Let all men be called liars because God is the only standard by which we must live in this last hour. But now that you have been officially, we've seen it. We've been called the deplorables. We've been called everything else out there in the world, but you have been officially marked and tagged. You have been told that you are a threat because of your value and is, folks, I'm trying to tell you, this is going to get more and more real. If you think there is fair and honest you know, um, elections and things that will still happen in the United States, listen, take your faith out of government. Put your faith in Yeshua and Jesus, because that is the only thing that will be true through this last hour. Now, you saw what happened. We see the things. It gets so It happens so much that it just becomes numbing. And, and you almost the danger is you fall into this deception that this will never happen or I've heard it for so long, I'm just going to continue about. And actually, people begin to not prepare. Folks, do not get sidetracked at the hour when it means the most. Listen, I know there are people that have cried wolf forever and there's been always an expectation of that Jesus is soon coming from from 2000 years ago shortly after his death there was an expectation but never in the world's history because it was the bible too many commentaries were written a long time ago too many um whenever you start a church and you write a bible, bible commentary you got to you got to comment on everything right god had not opened up all of the scriptures to be understood Okay, there are still mysteries we don't understand to this day, but so much of the modern day interpretation of what you read from Bible commentaries is a couple of hundred years old, or at least 150, um, sometimes some a little shorter than that, but they have come out, those foundations were, many of them came out during the Great Awakening in the United States. If you were uh, a, a child that grew up, I'm only 48, but when we grew up, we were taught about these things that happened. Uh, there was a time period in the United States where the, the, the people of the U.S. were awakened to the call of Christ, and it was powerful. And there were many con very godly people, some of the greatest preachers in our history in the 1800s and late 1700s and, and throughout that time. It was just powerful. But the truth was is that there were many things back then that could only be considered spiritual because there was no, they couldn't see a literal fulfillment of it. They couldn't see and understand that Israel would actually become a nation again. That was unfathomable. So they took it as spiritual. We're a part of spiritual Israel. Listen, folks. Yes, it. Uh, listen, you may not be literal Israelite. I, I have no idea if I am. I don't care because I know that I've been grafted in. Whether I was natural or unnatural, it doesn't matter. By the blood of Yeshua, I've been grafted back in. Uh, according to Romans chapter 11, I am an Israelite. 
you are an Israelite if you believe in Jesus and you've been grafted in. It doesn't matter what your blood is. Therefore, all Israel shall be saved. Us Jews and, or excuse me, I could be a Gentile. It doesn't matter, but I've been grafted in. I don't care. If you understand the grafting process, you understand that you literally become a part of the root a part of the branch. You are a part of Yeshua. Therefore, you are of the family of God and the, the promises given to Abraham. We, that, that's your family. You are now family. If we only could understand who we are, that's the problem with today's believers. They have no idea because of this false gospel that is being preached of who they are. They've all got this escape theology that they're somehow separate. Uh, I, and I don't, I don't understand that. that. It doesn't make any sense. According to Romans chapter 11, you are grafted in. Go read it carefully. Put your bias aside. Read it. Ask God to just clear your mind and give you a clean understanding of Romans chapter 11. It's absolutely beautiful when you understand that you belong, that you're a part of that you really are an Israelite, regardless of your natural blood. It's his blood, Yeshua. That's what counts and what matters. Whether you are natural or not, you still, there's only one way to the Father, and it's through the Son. There is no other way. And so here we are. We have been hated because we are believers. And now it is getting so bad, and there's so much deception. Folks, I... I, I deal in IT, okay? I, I own an IT company. I run an IT company. We, we're in the thick of the battle of cybersecurity all the time. I can tell you stuff that will scare you. I can tell you how they'll crack your multi-factor authentication. Yes, you think your little code is safe, you're putting in all the time. All right, well, you know what? They know how to crack that too. They grab cookies out of your session. They take them, they put them into another computer and they use that cookie and then they can send for a permanent token. They call it the magic cookie and they can get permanent access in. That's why you should always open a private browser when you're logging into your bank and everything else so that when your session is closed, your cookies are cleaned out and they can't grab your multi-factor authentication. I'm, I don't want to get down this path, but I'm just telling you, I've, I'm in the thick of the battle all the time. And, and what's so scary about it is that they are coming after your money. Now, I don't want to get into the whole Mark of the Beast program right now. That's another show. But I can tell you one thing about the Mark of the Beast, Okay. Besides it being worship-based, okay, because it's your thoughts, your actions with a physical mark, you choose to take it, right? But it is so deeply tied to commerce. Why is that? Because the devil knows that if he can take and get a hold of the money and the food system and how everybody's belly is their God in this hour, seems like that he can control people that just like Esau, right? They're willing to sell their birthright for a bowl of lentils. That's why it's that, that they want a hold of the currency system. And little did people know about the executive order. I don't have it in front of me right now. I don't remember that was signed by the White House to begin the process to develop their own currency, government base. Listen, uh, I'm, I understand cryptocurrency. 
Uh, you, you know, it, and you, I don't like a, a cashless society. It's dangerous. Um, the one thing I can say about cryptocurrency, though, that they that scared the federal government is that it was decentralized and they couldn't control it. And if they can't control it, they can't control you. So what do they want to do? Crash crypto. Start their own crypto. So now when you are on their system and you don't do something right or you don't vote the right way or you don't listen to one of the new 87,000 IRS agents that come along, they cut you off. They will cut you off. And folks, it has already been in process. Go search for it. It is some dangerous, dangerous stuff. And you see it. Everybody keeps thinking about the Republicans just win. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, they're just as corrupt as anybody else. There's very few people up there in Congress that are actually trying to do the right thing. And those few usually get canceled. They get thrown out. They get made fun of because they try to expose the truth of what's going on in this hour. You've seen what's happened to Senator Johnson and other people. They try to they try to expose the, the evils that are happening, the sorcery, the pharmacia that's going on. And what happens? They get absolutely crucified. I've realized here that there is such strong witchcraft that's going on in the United States right now. Absolute utter witchcraft and sorcery yes and the the way they administer it primarily is through drugs pharmacia we are the most medicated people in the world in this country about we are so doped up with everything in this country everybody's on some kind of a medication and our people the people's minds their brains are numb to what's going on and the reason we know that it's witchcraft Okay, because not even 20 years ago, you look at you look at shows that were on TV 20, 30 years ago. Okay, and I'm not saying you need to go watch them, but even probably 10. I I don't know uh, back then, but they would they looked at lifestyles like homosexuality and other things as absolutely abhorrent, wrong. People were, oh, I'm not gay. I'm not this. You know, they were it was it was, you know, that was the way it was. They knew that there, even though they may, some of the big you know stars may have accepted it, there was still this inner knowledge that the lifestyle was incorrect. There was a knowledge of it. But now today, within a 20-year span, now it started earlier in that. We know that. Yes. It got, but growing up, I can tell you all these people weren't living in the closet back then. I, I've, I think I've expressed it before. I have a theory why so many people are turning gay. Besides this evil spirit and witchcraft that's going on there, especially amongst white people. And my theory is this. I believe that they are so sick and tired of being told how evil and hateful they are and how the white man is the problem of all the struggles that is going on in the world and that they are responsible for everything evil that's ever happened in the country. And they are should feel shameful for everything they've done and their white guilt. And they hate that they are believe that they are part of the problem. So how do you relieve yourself of that guilt? Well, I'll just convert to being gay. Now, if I'm gay, that's easy. Instead of being the oppressor, now I'm a part of the struggle. Those that are oppressed, I'm no longer a part of the problem. I'm a victim. And I will turn. That's just one of my beliefs, anyways, of why there's such a, a surge in this because people want to be a part of the struggle. And, and it's disgusting. 
But that's where we are at today. And you can see that this is witchcraft in its darkest form. And the problem is people are numb to it. They are absolutely numb to it. They are living in a state of anhedonia, it's called. And it's where your your brain builds this wall of tolerance up from all this constant bombardment of dopamine hits from factor eating and everything else that you have to keep hitting it with more and more and more and it becomes a zombie-like state for the people in the United States because we are walking around with people that are in anhedonic states that are like zombies numb to what's going on in this world right now. It's like they see it, they know it, and they can't do anything about it. Do you see the witchcraft that's going on? Do you see the evil that's taking place right now? How in 20 years do we go from calling, knowing what's right and wrong? I mean, yes, we were corrupt, we were messed up, but I mean, it's so crazy that now we call evil good and good evil. And look what's happening cannibalism is on the rise people are eating humans it's disgusting this is the same thing that happened in ancient times and the giants and all that stuff and and everything folks we see it coming back around again at the end time because know what's going to happen we know that the abyss is going to be opened in revelation we know that the you know the evil is going to be released it's been stuck in the lower parts of the abyss the the it's all coming out in these last days and it will continue to get worse and worse and worse and folks before we know it we will wake up one morning and this will be changed permanently. Just like when they went to bed in ancient Babylon one night and they woke up the next morning and there was a change in the government. That is where we are right now. It is dangerous and it is terrible. And we need to understand what's going on because this witchcraft has penetrated the so-called church in the United States and in Europe and in Australia and different places. It's like the only people who seem to be numb or not numb, but seem to be not falling into this trap by in a majority are the churches in the third world nations who are being heavily persecuted. But here in the most lavish nation in the world, our churches have fallen, many of them, underneath the witchcraft spell of what's going on. And this, in turn, has created a false understanding of what the remnant is, who the remnant are, what the remnant believe. Because the church in the United States has been lied and said, you're just going to fly away one day. You're not going to have to go through any tribulation. That's just for the Jews. Forget about Romans chapter 11. It doesn't mean anything. Those that are taken, you know, two in the field, one that's taken, you know, that just that's when you're just flown out of here in the rapture. When the truth is, if you read the verse in the verses prior, it's the wicked that are taken. I, I challenge you to read the verses prior to that and you will understand as is in the days of noah and as in the days of lot they were eating and drinking until the flood came and all the wicked were taken away so shall it also be right 
There will be two in the bed. One will be left. The other take. It's the wicked that are taken. Go reread it. I don't want to go down this track tonight, but it is a part of the witchcraft that is causing people to think, I don't need to get ready. I don't need to prepare because I'm just going to fly away before it all gets you know, bad around here. And my thought is, who do we think we are? What audacity. Who do we, th- are we better than the Chinese that have been persecuted? Are we better than those that have been killed at the stake? Are we better than all these people? I mean, when we are living in the most vile times in the history of the earth, we think that we're somehow in a better place. We don't even, as many today, they don't even tell people that Jesus is coming again anymore. They go to church, but they don't hardly witness. And those who do witness do it out of guilt because they feel they're guilty that if they don't do something, because the love of God is gone. There's no belief that our fellow man is worth risking life for. That sharing the good news is worth dying for. Because they've never seen anybody brought to salvation. They've never seen someone go down in the waters of baptism that they had a personal hand with God being a partner. Yes, God works with us. We work with him. It's his doing, but he lets us work in his plan to bring people to him. It's his spirit And he uses our hands and feet and our ability to talk and share with people. We don't have to be, we don't have to be wooing words. All we got to do is share and pray and intercede. But the truth is, it's been a lie. Now, in a few weeks, I'm going to preach in a revival uh, in a church, you know, not far from where I live, a couple, uh, maybe 45 minutes away. They asked if they were going to do a revival trying to reclaim people that have never came back out of their homes after COVID haven't didn't, you know, these different things. And I don't go to church there, but you know, I don't, I don't attend their church, but you know what? Um, they've called. And I always told the Lord before, if he calls, I will go. I just don't ask. Now they don't even know about the remnant call. Maybe a couple of people down there, some friends I know in that area, but I keep this show private. Um, but I speak at churches and different places and, you know, and, and uh, nominations around if the Lord calls me to speak. And the problem I have with revivals is this. People don't even know what a revival is. The modern day church thinks that a revival is a slick silver tongue preacher coming in and preaching a slick set of sermons with an altar call at the end. But Folks, that is so far from the truth. A true revival is when people are broken to their core and lives are changed permanently. That's what a real revival is. That takes prayer, fasting, and seeking the Lord's face. It's not that you earn it. It's that you humble yourselves so you can receive it. That you finally open up and allow the Lord to pour in because you've got time to receive all the gifts God has given. Most of us, it's there for our taking if we would simply receive what the Lord has. But sometimes you've got to humble and empty in order to hear from the Most High. But we don't understand. Now, it's really clear in the book of Revelation. Okay. Revelation twelve seventeen. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, 
which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. That's one of many definitions of the remnant. Now, what's interesting is, unfortunately, because of the lies that I'll just go fly away, most people say, oh, well, that must be for Jews, because we as believers don't keep God's commandments. We just have the testimony of Jesus only. Really? So it's okay to go out and kill? How about commit adultery? Is it all right to steal? How about dishonoring your parents? So that, that all that's okay? That's a lie for someone to say that that is not us. That is God's believers. Those are the remnant, Jew, Gentile. I don't care who you are. If you're a believer in Yeshua, the Bible says that those people have the testimony of Jesus and they follow the very things that God says to do. It's not that they're earning salvation. Salvation is free. You cannot earn it because that means you have to put God into debt and God doesn't owe anything, anybody anything. That's why salvation has to be free because you can't put God into debt. But you also, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You can't claim to be a believer in Jesus and live your life like the devil. It's absolutely contrary. It's not true. It's fake. The truth is, is that the remnant, they're so in love with their Savior that they obey his commandments because they love to do what he asks them. And they're not a burden because he puts them in their heart and they come naturally. My dad would always tell me, he said, son, your faith is like a boat heading down the river. He said, in your works, that's just the wake that follows behind. You see, true works come from God. They were, according to the word of God, they were foreordained before the foundations of the world so that man could walk in them. That's why you have no good works of your own because all good works come from God. He's the one who ordained them. That's why it's not our works. They're his works. But true works are nothing but a manifestation of the inward walk. You can't have a boat going down the water with an engine in the water without there being a wake. But if you don't put the engine down, you just paddle real slow and you don't disturb anything, then maybe you won't have a wake. Folks, we need to disturb the water. It's time to tell people about Jesus. The truth is, though, the remnant, they are a broken people. They're not sitting there and driving Bugattis and they're not like Creflo Dollar and all these other so-called mega preachers out there that are driving, flying in jets and, and doing all this stuff. Kenneth Copeland and all these false prophets out there that are saying all this real ridiculous stuff. No, according to Psalm 51, 17, it says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Psalm 34, 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and deliver them out of their troubles. Verse 18, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. And so when you look at the truth of what the Bible says about the remnant, a picture begins to emerge of God seeming to have a special place in his heart for broken people. Now, why? Would he have that? Because when you follow the Lord, you will be hated. 
When you follow the Lord, you will not always be the most popular. When you follow the Lord, you put a target on your back, but it's a target worth having because the devil, his reward is very clear. Let me tell you the truth. You will get a reward following the devil. It's called death. Okay. You'll get that reward. You also get a reward with Jesus, with Yeshua, and that's eternal life with him. I don't know what all that means. I am not worried about what all that means, because according to the apostle Paul, even to try to describe it was unlawful. He didn't have the holy enough words, wasn't clean enough to try to describe the things that he had seen. I don't know about you, but that sounds exciting. And so God sees what's going on in this hour, all the wickedness in the government, the wickedness in the church, the wickedness in everything. And he says, listen, here's what I need you to do. According to Joel chapter two, you need to get together and weep and wail between the altar of the porch and cry out, humble yourselves, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. The Bible says it doesn't say seek his face and continue to disobey his commands. It says to seek his face and turn from evil. Do you know that here's the crazy thing about following the Lord, folks? When you follow him, you don't worry about obedience because he takes away the desire to disobey. Doesn't mean we don't mess up. It doesn't mean we don't do things wrong, but it means it becomes pleasurable and natural to follow and do what he says. You see, I, I look around this world and I look around in so many churches and they want to have revivals and they, they, they want to do this and they want to do that. And the people in this, in this hour, they, they seem like they're so confused as to what they actually should do. We are in the worst times in the history of the world. Now, let me say this. I believe that God has called us for such an hour as this. I believe that as a royal priesthood that God is calling forth his people in the last hour to stand up and to share the good news and so that the gospel will go around the world. But the problem we are facing is the confusion of this broken nation is affecting everything. Folks, you know you feel it. You know you feel the fog over Babylon. You know you feel like sometimes in your own spiritual walk with God, like you're in quicksand. You know, I I often, often, I have a lot of good friends that are, you know, go to different churches and things, and they come over to my house. They're devout believers, many of them. Um, and, and I ask them, I quiz them about what their preachers talk about and their messages that they, they say. And, and you know what? We all come to the conclusion, pastors aren't warning their people. They're not warning their people. But if you have heard the warning in this hour and you don't do anything, folks, you are living in a very, very dangerous situation. Now, I've, I've shared this before from Ezekiel chapter nine, but I want to read this again because I think this is some of the strongest language in the entire Bible. Ezekiel chapter nine, verse three, starting and the glory of God of Israel was gone up from the cherub whereupon he was to the threshold 
of the house. And he called to the man clothed in linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And the others, he said, in my hearing, go ye therefore, excuse me, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men, which were before the house. Now, folks, this is some of the hardest language, as I've said, in the entire Bible. God is very specific. He says, I want you to go down and find people that are broken. They are broken like me. Yes, the Lord is broken over what happens. Yes, Jesus weeps. And he says, find people that are broken, that sigh and that cry over the abominations that are going on right in the midst of their land. And I want you to mark those people because those are the people that share the very heart of God. Those are the people that care about what's going on. And you know what he says? Slay everybody else. Why? Because they're all hypocrites and liars and they have no part with God. You see, God is not looking for the perfect. No, he's not looking for the perfect. He's looking for the broken and for those who will cry out in mercy. We see God's mercy all through the publican that was inside the temple. Lord, have mercy on me. Left that temple justified. But the, the Pharisee, oh no, thank, they're saying, thank God I'm not like these old sinners, right? Lord, have mercy on his soul. God looks upon this completely backslidden people in Ezekiel 9. And he says, look, if you want to know my heart, if you want to see the remnant, it's not the perfect, the well-dressed, those that look like they're in perfect obedience. No, God says, if you want to see those who share my heart, those who feel the pain that God feels. He says, those that are broken and weeping over the complete fallen state of their society and love and the fallen, the lack of love for their God. There are religious out there that look good and claim to know God. There are those in the watchman community even, but they haven't known even one night of anguish over the state of the lost in their entire life. They've never wept for somebody's salvation. And this reality that's talked about in Ezekiel chapter 9, he says, start in my sanctuary. And I was in a church not too long ago, and I told the church right now, I said, the churches in America have been judged. Now, there may be more coming, I'm sure. But you look at the majority of churches in the United States today, they are half the size they were prior to the pandemic. They're half the size. I know one church, one church that I have a friend attend, that they never shut down. They refused to shut down the pandemic and God blessed them to grow. 
but the other people ran and feared and there was no one to you know what well let's just say thank god for home fellowships where we can minister to the the deplorables as they were called in society god is looking for a broken people you see, there are many, there were many uh, Levites in the temple, okay? But within the Levites, there were the priests, okay? And the priests and the Levites had differing duties. But as we came from the outer court to the inner court to the holy place, the most holy place, we switched from Levites into only priests till we finally got to the high priest, and the closer you got to God, to the, when I say God, I mean to the most holy place, okay, which represented the very throne of God, because the Bible says that his feet rest upon the mercy seat, right? The real mercy seat in heaven where the Lord sits. And so as the people get closer to God, it got down to less and less people till finally only one the high priest would go in once a year right you see folks as we get closer to god don't be surprised if there's not always as many people around it doesn't mean god doesn't have a remedy he does but you will begin to be separated and you will begin to grow as you start to move from the outer court to the inner court to the holy place where you you eat the word of god the showbread and you're filled with the spirit and the candle stand and and your prayers are the incense you know it's all comes together you will find there are less and less people that's the remnant and we're scattered all of us throughout the world it's not that we have some better theology than everybody else no we have a hunger for our god and a hatred for the sin and a love for our brothers and sisters to share with them that God has a plan to rescue their soul. You know, I remember years ago, Benjamin was on this program. I don't remember which program it was, folks. And I remember Benjamin shared a story that the Lord had spoke to him and told him he was going to show him his sin. This is Benjamin said it. Benjamin had been following the Lord and thought he was actually walking okay at the time. So he didn't know what to expect. And when the Lord revealed it, he said to me, Frank, it wasn't my disobedience or moral failure. He said, when the Lord showed me what my sin was, it was the way I treated people. And he said, brother, when he showed me that, I screamed. He screamed. You see, folks, you can't follow the Lord and hate your fellow man. Yes, folks, we rail against the things that are going on in this hour. We rail against the society and the wickedness and the evil, but the truth is, folks, that people still need to hear about Jesus. They still need to know the truth. And God is looking for a people in this hour that will stand up and will do something. Looking for a people that are broken. Now, I'll tell you, my father-in-law is upstairs right now. And 20 years ago, 
it was about 1999. I had my life-changing experience. I left my house uh, strung out on crystal meth. I got born again on the way home outside of a church. I didn't even know how to get saved. I met Jesus and saved my life. It was powerful. And I was radical for God, like an extreme and I'm praying the Lord. Yeah. I, now I, I needed a little bit of balance. I was a little unbalanced, and I realized that. And I was dropping stuff on my wife left and right about all the things in this world, and, and I scared her. And she thought I was crazy, right? You wouldn't think you're crazy. You co- you're one day you're strung out on drugs. You're running around. You're doing everything. You're an adulterer. You're you're every you're every sin possible. You, you do everything wrong in the world. To all of a sudden, you know, you're you're about the Lord and in, in the end times and everything is going on. And my my wife was like, "What?" And she called her dad, and and I he's like my own father too. I love him to death. He's upstairs. He loves the Lord Jesus with all of his heart. He's a great, wonderful person. And but we had some differences in beliefs time and and uh, i'm thankful that he's going to be here with us until the lord either comes or decides to take him home and um but the truth is she was going to call her dad and tell him what i had said to find out if it was true and i remember i was a new believer right i don't know how many months into this thing I knew that I, after all the things that God had done, that he was going to have to pull off a miracle right now. That the, that some of the things that she was going to share that I would get rebuked or whatever and be wrong. And she would listen to him over me because I was going off the deep end. And I went into a back room. I remember that night and I fell on my knees and I began to weep. And I interceded with all of my heart and I pleaded. I wept so hard. I think that was the night that blood vessels literally broke in my eyes uh, and the eyelids right here. I've ne- I wept so hard and I, I interceded like I never had in my life before. And I remember what seemed like an eternity when she got off that phone. She came and she said, well, he, be- he agreed with everything you said. I couldn't believe it. God worked an absolute miracle. I knew this because we had even before I had been saved, he, I knew his beliefs and, and I didn't know a lot about the Lord, but I knew a little bit about the Bible and I knew some of the things I didn't agree with, but he would, his beliefs differed from some of mine on some stuff. But the truth was that this was going to be a deal breaker for my wife and I, and God worked a miracle because I desired the Lord's intercession and I sought him with all of my heart. I'm here to tell you right now, if you will seek the Lord with all your heart, if you're struggling, you don't feel it right now, you can tell God about it. He's big enough to handle it, but you will begin to seek him, clean your prayer closets out, find a place, find somewhere. I don't care, but get alone. I'm not talking about just the time you drive back and forth to work. That's not good enough. No, no, no. I'm talking about alone time with him. I'm challenging you to seek his face because he's wanting to do works in your life right now. You see, I didn't have much. I didn't have all the nice things. I grew up really poor. 
But when I found Jesus, I became the richest man on earth. Folks, this is dangerous times of evil witchcraft. The only way we can protect our minds is to hide ourselves under his wings. That's the hem of his garment to get so close to the Lord, to hold him tight with everything that we have, to hide ourselves so that we can be under his protection and his authority through these last hours. And watch your joy return even in the midst of brokenness. Because I'll tell you what, when we lost that baby years ago to miscarriage, and I wept and I cried and I asked the Lord to bring that child up in the resurrection. Now, whether he does or not, that's, that's God's choice. Okay. But someone asks how you deal with these things. How, you know, how can you manage it? The way I dealt with this, cause I knew Jesus, I knew the Lord and I'm even losing a child like that. Well, if you know the Lord, he can get you through it. It hurt. It destroyed. It killed. But we made it through because we knew our God. And even in the midst of our tribulations, we found joy and peace in Jesus Folks, don't give up. The hour and the time is short. But God is doing things in this hour. I'm telling you, he's bringing his children home. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying goodnight and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. Though a trumpet in